going to begin with prayer. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this time together with your people and for the opportunity to think about uh, a topic today that's going to no doubt be one we all at some level as Christ's people will wrestle with, whether we know it's out in the airwaves of Christian conversation or not. We have to wrestle with chapters and verses about what does it mean that Christ is king. He is king, so what does that mean? Help us today to think biblically, wisely, and generously. Lord, bring repentance to those of us who have found self-righteousness as the preferred place and Romans 14, destroying those for whom Jesus died. Protect us from that. And at the same time, help us to think in a way that um, we can articulate over time with grace, clarity. Give us faithfulness to you, and love for your people. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, welcome to GROW, um, February through May. We do our classes the last Sunday of every month, or the fourth Sunday of every month. We don't do uh, in the adults. You guys get playtime. Uh, so the fourth Sunday of every month is come at this hour, have meaningful conversations. Sometimes we'll guide that in times of prayer. Sometimes it'll just be fourth Sunday open. But February to May, we're doing a series called Honest Questions. Uh, in 2023, we repeatedly dropped this little link to a form where our church members could ask questions of the elders, not stump the professor stuff. That's easy to do. But things you deal with in, in your life where you live, the shoes you walk in, what are some things you battle with? And so I know you can't see um, all of the detail on this, but this is a little card that Emily made that's available to us. On the welcome table, if you want to know the questions that are coming, you can be, begin thinking and praying about those. But today, uh, we're going to deal with this question, Christian nationalism, good or bad? Maybe a topic you've not heard about, not wrestled with. Maybe a topic that you've heard a lot about and wrestled a lot with, or uh, you have some very solid thoughts about. Um, today's conversation is going to be guided by Dr. Andy Nacelli, a professor at Bethlehem College and Seminary. Um, protege, if you will, of D.A. Carson, and we're going to listen in 1.5 speed, like some of you listen to my preaching in chipmunk speed. Um, it won't be two, two times speed, not total chipmunk, but half chip, chipmunk speed, and it'll take about 22 minutes. After we listen to Dr. Nacelli, we'll have opportunity for interaction, for some questions, further clarifications. So with no further ado, we're going to listen to Dr. Andy Nacelli explain views on Christian nationalism. A link to the audio on Christian nationalism from Dr. Nacelli can be found in the show notes of this episode. Okay. Hope everybody's sufficiently edified and ready for a lively discussion. Uh, we have about, I'm going to say five to ten minutes, more like five. Um, why didn't I just give you the link and say listen to it on your own same reason i didn't say don't come to church today just listen to the podcast uh there's something that happens in the community here that you can't get 
on your own in your car listening to a podcast. So that's also a better teacher by far than I'll ever be. Uh, a guy who reads 200 single space pages of 12 interviews, all 12 of those interviews just got put on Church Center, a blog post. You can share those with anybody if you just send them the link. It's a list of 24 resources I use to put together a 40-something slideshow presentation. And then I thought, you know what? Andy Nacelli does it better than I ever could. Let's just listen to him. Uh, so here we are. What questions or comments or feedback or clarification would you like to ask on the topic of Christian nationalism? Benjamin Bailey. Uh, Rick, can you give Ben a microphone? Sure. I'll let Stephen Wolf do it who wrote a book called Christian Nationalism, Good or Bad? Or no, no, no. What, what, was his, what was the name of his book? That's Nationalism. There's Stephen's book. He's a political philosopher, not a theologian. He says in the beginning of his book, he's not going to quote a lot of scripture. Here's his definition of Christian nationalism. A totality of national action consisting of civil laws and social customs conducted by a Christian nation as a Christian nation in order to procure for itself both earthly and heavenly good in Christ. Now, I'll just leave it up there and let you simmer on it for a minute, but that's a definition. That about half the people that were interviewed in those 12 podcasts disagree with. Other comments, questions, reflections? Yes, to Catherine Snyder, Rick. Thank you. She, raise your hand again. There you go. Is her mic on? Green dot on the side of it? Okay, yell at us, Catherine. No, it's, a, it's, a, it's the question we all wrestle with. I'm a Christian. That's my first citizenship. My citizenship is in heaven. Philippians 3.20, from which, like I'm already there, I eagerly await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's my citizenship. That's where I live. That's where my identity is. I'm also a citizen, a la Augustine, city of God, city of man. I'm a citizen here. So what does that mean? So that's a, that's a very relevant question that every thoughtful Christian is going to have to wrestle through. The reason I put all the flags up here of all the countries you don't live in is because how should Christians there think about that same question? And I think this is going to be a gross oversimplification. I think it basically boils down to at the end of the discussion, there's a yes or a no, right? So what does it basically boil down to? This is what I think is bad wrong. You can go listen to Alan Strange, Dr. Alan Strange's podcast linked on the thing I just sent you called What's Bad About Christian Nationalism. He touches on these. He doesn't say it this way. Overrealized eschatology and underrealized ecclesiology. So drop the theological words and let me say Jordan's response. I'm not speaking on behalf of the elders or any other Christians. I'm speaking for my own self. The kingdom of Christ is present on earth. Not in Washington, D.C. Not in Moscow. In this room. Christ is king. 
He's building his kingdom. His lordship is visible on earth right here in the church. I believe that's radically supported by the New Testament. An over-realized eschatology tries to get that kingdom visible outside these walls. That's why I hold view four in Andy Nacelli's sevenfold taxonomy of Christian nationalism. I hold this view. Oh boy. I hold, oh, it's back here. I hold, that's five. This would be Doug Wilson. This would be John Piper. I hold this view. Christians here, where Christ's kingdom is, local churches, should try to make great influence out there. And I like what Doug Wilson said, bicycle repair shop and astrophysics. Whatever Christians do out there, be a Christian out there. And instead of a Christian government, Christians working in government, Christians working in hospitals, Christians working in schools. Let's be Christians everywhere we go. Where do we learn to do that? Here, together. I'm convictionally opposed. No disrespect, I'm going to use the word. You have family that does this. I love your family. I'm convictionally opposed to cowboy churches or motorcycle rider churches or hipster churches. I'm convictionally enthusiastic about churches that seek to reach cowboys, motorcycle riders, and hipsters. We're not, this is the kingdom of Christ, ecclesiologically. Eschatologically, that kingdom's coming on earth. Man, I'd love to say more. That's what my problem is often. <laughs> okay, let's do two more. Uh, sorry, Catherine, I probably only raised more questions than I answered. Zach Jones. I think they're almost entirely disobeying them. I, I can't think of many ways that I think they're obeying them, and I do believe what Zach said, God makes demands of them. Um, Romans 13 thinks the obvious example. Uh, but this whole conversation about first table, second table of the law, y'all know the first four commandments, the last six commandments, there are ten total. The second table, which almost all the people on the interviews agreed our and every other flag's government, not just ours, should somehow enforce in a Romans 13 good, bad way? It's the second table that includes coveting. H how do you legislate against covetousness? I don't know. Without a new heart regeneration. So even the second table, I think, has impossibilities. And I think it would be good for governments to punish stealing. That's in the second table. I don't think it would be right for governments out there to demand no other gods before God because they can't do it. That's the ecclesiological aspect. So I, there, there are so many complex quandaries, but when it boils down to it at the end of the day, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he wills. And number two, Paul said pray for kings and all who are in authority. That's while governments were saying 
if you do not say uh, Deus et Dominus, Domitian is God, will kill you. And Paul's saying, pray for them. Honor them. Honor the king. Like Nero's putting Christians on torches dipped in wax to light the pathway to his dinner party. And Paul's saying, pray for them. Honor them. So follow up, brother? I mean, uh, my, my one response is punish evil, reward good, and then you got to define good and evil. And then more fundamentally, somehow, some way, Lord, make this audio recording. We're not, we're not posting the recording to the other audio. We're posting the recording to this. Lord, make it make its way to Joe Biden's ear before it's everlastingly too late. You must repent and believe the gospel. That's what he must do. And if he does that, He'll do an abundance of good in a bunch of other ways as a Christian in government. But government as government, uh, legit, I, that's, why I'm a, that's why I'm a number four. The arrow goes that way, not that way. And this is uh, what all your magisterial reformers and Puritans believed. This is what all your Baptists believed. Okay, we have time for 30 seconds total. 10 for Byron, 20 for Jordan. <laughs> Byron, 10, 9. My closing comment, you've got 24 resources linked to a church website near you. A closing comment is, he's going to disagree with this. I think Charles Foster will be a phenomenal resource for you in thinking about this. The brother's a historian and he knows American history, and he knows better than I know that the founding documents of all 13 colonies cited copious portions of Deuteronomy, like chapters of Deuteronomy. Theonomy's been tried a lot of places by governments with great intentions. It's going to work in here. So far, it hasn't worked out there, a.k.a. Book of Judges coming to a sermon near you in a service that starts in eight minutes. Let's pray. <laughs> Lord, thank you so much for these precious people. Help us to honor you. And we do pray for kings and all who are in authority, not only in our land so we can live a more, little more comfortably, but in all lands. Lord, we pray that your people will be able to live peaceably and quietly and Christianly, without persecution, as we seek to influence everyone around us with the gospel of Christ, and we pray that more of our loved ones and neighbors will bow the knee to the King. Until He comes and we see His lovely face, we ask this for Your glory. In Jesus' name, Amen.